Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jumanji that has a life all its own. You have no idea what you are getting yourself into. An ancient game where the primitive spirit of the jungle can leap out and take hold of your world. I've seen things you can't even imagine. Things you can't even see. And those who have ever played the game know the dangers that lie within. You're afraid. It's okay to be afraid. I am not afraid of anything. Prove it. a jungle in there. Indiana Jones Avengers Endgame it follows. So go wreck it, Ralph, Mama Mia, here we go again. Titanic 2, Jack's back, 7 cents, ghost attack, alien versus predator, except this on their friend. We'll keep watching the movies right up till our TVs break. So just crank up the volume till your speakers start to shake. You need a second take. You're not a postal worker, are you? I'm Sebastian. Stop giving me things that come apart. I'm Andy Shosler. That was my second pick for a quote. Good yeah. quote. And welcome to our review of Jumanji, the 1995 one. The good one. I don't. Welcome to the Jungle is fine. Yes, but it's not this. Correct. Yeah, they're very different. I don't. I don't mind the newer ones. They're not. They're nowhere near as good, but they're entertaining. Welcome to the Jungle is good. Yeah. But the next level was very underwhelming. Yes, the next level one wasn't nowhere near as good, um, but uh, it was still fun. Like it was a nice, you know, time suck for two hours or whatever it was. <laughs> but yeah, one was the sorry, mine the the first one with the rock was pretty alright. Now, just speaking about that, the trailer that you <laughs> oh ran. Oh god, sorry. Yep, I thought the voice sounded a bit off. It's not the regular trailer. It all world guy. sort of guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's fine. You don't have to use him, but <laughs> come on, I kind of want to. Your trailer doesn't sound right without him. But whoever's voice that was didn't sound right. He sounded almost British or something. A little bit. Yeah. 
But then the music started, and I swear I heard Stargate there, like the theme to the TV show Stargate. You definitely did. Oh, the did. movie for that matter as well. Yeah, well, because I, I was listening along with you. So I hastily put this one together um, just earlier before we recorded and I picked the smaller of the trailers available and just played through 20 seconds of it. I'm like, yep, cool, that's a trailer. There's a movie voice guy. No need to you know, record any extra sort of Jumanji and stuff on top of it. All that stuff. Yep, cool. Easy day at the office. Time to clock off and go home. And you didn't even <laughs> check it. <laughs> and I'm listening to it almost for the first time with you when the theme song to Stargate plays over it. I know that. <laughs> That's not right. That's not Jumanji. I mean, is it right though? Is it just a really close theme? I'm going to have to watch it again and see if I hear any of that music in. It wouldn't be in there because that's most definitely stayed. I'll double check um, as we're going through just to see who did the score to Jumanji because maybe it's the same guy. Maybe it's just, just a similar sound. The, I mean, they came out around the same time. The movie Stargate came out in 94. This is 95. Uh, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll jump on and see who did the actual the music for this Um because that's a fun thing to do while we're, yeah. while we're looking at stuff. But yeah, um, small day at the office, just Andrew and myself. Jordan's got um, musical stuff and Alex has life stuff. So uh, here we go. We got this. And Aren't movies his life, Seb? That's what I thought, yeah. Uh, also, yeah, we're here. We still exist. We had five weeks off <laughs> accidentally. It was one of those things like I wasn't available and then other people weren't available and just back and forth. And we ended up missing, for the first time ever, mind you, an episode, let alone five episodes in a row. Well, go in and go hard, I say. If you're going to miss one, you may as well yep. write off an entire month. So that's what happened. But the good news is we are back officially. We've got, hello. Hello. Uh, we've got Jumanji, which is nice. And next week, uh, very special as well, Starship Troopers. Oh. Yeah, I'm very excited. That's once again going to be Andrew and myself. So just the two of us. So It's been a very good viewing experience this last fortnight. Yeah, it's really nice when you get two movies that are just <laughs> competent. As a base level, competent, let alone good. Good's great. They are good. They are, but like I would have dealt with okay. <laughs> two okay movies is already a step up. But yeah, I guess I'm, while I'm trying to find who did the um, the music, I guess we'll roll into the old old trivia and the, the box office stuff, right? Is that how it works? 7.0 on IMDb, which comes as no surprise because it's a good film. Like watching it again, there's no moment where you're sort of bored by knowing what's what's going to come. You're still anticipating everything. The tension still builds the same way, mm. and the resolution still gives you a good, a good, satisfying conclusion to whatever tension was built up. It's a very well constructed film. Yeah, no, I agree. And seven, actually, a bit lower than I thought it would have been. Well, the surprise is that seven on IMDb, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it's only a fifty-five percent critical score and sixty-two percent audience. Oh. That one really surprised me. I didn't think it was not unloved, but I guess that it's not even poorly rated, but just not. Um, it's not reflected by the by the budget or anything or the or the box office as to how successful this film really is. I mean, we're still talking about it now. They're, they're making sequels yeah. in the last in the last five years. They've made two sequels to them. I did uh, some research. Yes. I found the, the clip that I used. Yes. There's no comments, so I can't see if anyone else has called them out on this. <laughs> but it does say it was ripped from the official DVD release of Jumanji Collect the Collector's Edition. And this was uploaded in 2009, the one that I snagged off YouTube there. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah, I just can't, there's no, they've disabled comments. Unless comments is moved again. Nope. 
old man Seb can't find the comments page on the YouTube. So I don't think there is comments on this one. Um, but yeah. Well, you're 30 now, Seb. It's time to start hating things and complaining. Yeah, I don't know why it's different to how it used to be. <laughs> things are different and I hate it. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good summation. Where the hell are credits? Now, okay, now I'm confused. I think I've actually just lost where they put comments on YouTube. You know what? It was only a matter of time before they got rid of comments altogether. I know they changed it on the phone release of YouTube. No, they're um, changing everything. This is very... I'm surprised they still allow uploads, to be perfectly honest. Just in general? Yeah. No content, yeah. please. <laughs> a budget of $65 million, which I guess for a film made in 94, 95, released in 95, uh, is fairly up there on the budget. Like, it's not a cheap film, but it's not a horribly expensive film either. I mean, Titanic, the most expensive film ever made at the time, um, was what... 1997, and that cost 150 million. 150 billion, whatever it was. Titanic was very expensive. <laughs> it took a billion. Yes, it did. That, that's true. But yeah. I think it cost 150 million, which was super expensive. So 65 is up there, but not breaking the ceiling by any means. Um, but worldwide gross, it um, very successful film. It took 262. Okay. Worldwide, so made its budget back and marketing, and then you know twice over. Very successful film. Yeah, that's right. And it, and it, honestly, it should be. This is a really should, fun film. We're still talking about it now, what, 25 years later. And like I said, two sort of sequel slash soft reboots come out from it, a third one on the way. And it's still the best one. The 1995 one is still the best one. Yep. And they did they did try this again a little bit earlier than the sequels as well, the well, the sort of reboots. They did the Zathura one. Oh, with Dak Shepard. Yes. Yes, I like it. I saw that by accident. I actually liked it. And that's the same writer, I think, as well. I think it's it's not, really, it's not like a coincidental like sort of parody Ooh. or ripoff. It's actually from like, it's, I think it was going to be set in the same world. Let me confirm that. I'll see who's attached to that one. Well, uh, the meaning of Jumanji, author Chris Van Alsburg, uh, says that Jumanji is a Zulu word meaning many effects, as in consequences or possibilities. It means many uh, digital effects in this case, like <laughs> the monkeys. <laughs> They're pretty good. Some of them are. They're, I mean, there aren't any horrible effects. The monkeys. The monkeys are horrible. The monkeys are absolutely dreadful. They look at PS2 graphics, but like early PS2, still, they could only render for PS1, but the PS2 came out and they were still like working out the in-between spot. They were sort really of, but that's more the art than the uh, sort of, like they still flow nicely and they still look crisp it's just maybe the artist wasn't you know had never seen a monkey before maybe. had just seen george of the george of the jungle cartoons or, okay. cu or curious george cartoons i'm gonna run back maybe zathora and jumanji have nothing in common apart from playing board games it, no it was it was an unofficial uh sequel to it see i thought it was like an attempt at like a joint universe sort of bullshit thing but i must be completely off because it's got different directors different writers right john john favreau did zathora okay as opposed to, I think Joe Johnston did this one, and jokes on both of them, both Marvel boys. <laughs> oh, are they really? Johnston went off to make the first Captain America and a couple of other ones, I think. Ah. And um, Favreau did the first two Iron Man films. Well, I always check the directors to see what they had done up, leading up to whatever film we're we're doing. And Joe Johnston, the most famous thing he had done that I knew of was Honey I Shrunk the Kids, uh, like yep. six six years earlier. Good film though. Yeah, very good film. We should do that one at one point too. Yeah, I don't so, mind. Yeah. Um, Johnston was reluctant to cast Robin Williams because of his, shall we say, fame surrounding improvisation. 
and he wanted the actors to hold true to the script because it was so tight. Uh, but in the end, um, Robin Williams ended up staying pretty close to the script. The only time he really improvised was when he was uh, had had a scene with uh, Bonnie Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl, I forget the character's name. Oh shit! The girl, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the other, the older one, not the, not the yeah, not yes, the yes, girl. not 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 Claire Danes, uh, Claire Danes, Kirsten Dunst, um, Sarah Whittle, Sarah Whittle, Sarah. Yep. <clears throat> but even then, you can't really tell. It's all very smooth, and they did multiple takes of of that sort of stuff. And the film is very cohesive. Like, there's no nobody goes off on a tangent. It's not a it's not a Paul Feig kind of film where yeah, just talk and be funny, and we'll and we'll stick it in mm. wherever. Uh, no, no, no. It's very, very well crafted and very tight. And we'll kind of get to this because we are briefly kind of going through like the cast as well. Um, talking about how tight the film was and actually how much thought went into it for what is like effectively a stupid board game movie. The fact that, um, what's his name? Jonathan Hyde, who played Sam yes. Parrish, Alan's father, is also Van Pelt, a character yes. that's here, both effectively forcing this character to mature and grow up <laughs> through force. Um, but that nice little stuff like that, of like recycling the same actor for two roles that are kind of paralleling each other, granted in very different means on the same character. Uh, well, nice that, that comes from the tradition um, established in Peter Pan as well of uh, George Darling and Hook being played by the same actor. I was thinking bloody... Um, and Robin Williams was in Hook and oh, all, true, the, yeah. all the coincidences all tied together in a nice bow. I was going with bloody um, Wizard of Oz. I'm pretty sure the old lady is also the witch, is she not? Oh, they're all doubled up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you well. were there and you were there and you were there. Yes, all yeah. that. Yeah. But in this case, just you were there. Just you. <laughs> My abusive, abusive father. Um yeah, like that's, like, that's nice and neat, and it shows they put some thought into this. That's plays all. Plays it brilliantly. And that scene in the gun shop, I think, is my favourite scene from the movie. Oh, it's genuinely very it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, uh, there was something I was reading. I didn't include it here because I, you know, I like to make sure these things are verified. But there was, there was a speculation that the, the gun shop owner mm. what isn't credited in the film. Isn't he? And nobody really... Knew who he was. This is this is the story, and again, I, I I couldn't go out and verify it, so I didn't want to include it in. But just while we're talking about it, and so he's an unknown. Nobody. The story is that nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows his name, and he's never come forward to to claim the credit that he was the gun shop owner in Jumanji. Not not that it's a big role or particularly memorable. It's my favorite scene in the whole thing, mm. but that's largely because of Jonathan Hyde as Van Pelt. How do you feel about having your world shattered? (laughs) Well, there's a waiting period and we have to fill out this paperwork and then Van Pelt drops the gold coins and, but I can fill those out. (laughs) We do have a name? Yeah. Perfect. His name actually sounds more familiar than he is by his roles. Daryl Henriks, H-E-N-R-I-Q-U-E-S. Henriks, maybe? Um, He's been in a bunch of shit, but like like he was in Star Trek um, 6, but... God, he plays Nankless in it, like, no. Well, there we go. Another bit of IMDb trivia. His top character role. and for good reason. <laughs> His top character role is gun salesman, Jumanji. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So just to give you a, a big perspective <laughs> of his career, mostly TV roles, to be fair. Um, Interestingly, the music that's playing uh, during, during that scene is the Mexican National Anthem. Interesting. Okay. Which is, uh, in the public domain, everywhere... Except for Mexico, oh. where it where it is illegal to play the national anthem in any sort of advertisement or or commentary on anything, you're only allowed to use it in official state uh, uh, sort of 
positive way. That is very unusual. Yeah. So in the Mexican release, it had to be changed oh. to, to, to something else from, from the Mexican national anthem. Oh, thank God. We're still recording. <laughs> Sorry, my computer's black screen while you were going through the Mexican thing. I'm like, I'm not going to stop this just in case it is working. And it is working with a bit of a delay, but it's, it's fine. So the parish shoes sign is still on display in Keene, New Hampshire, where they filmed. Um, and the townspeople uh, loved Robin Williams so much that when his death was announced in 2014, they laid flowers at the parish shoes sign. For Robin Williams, sorry? Yeah, for okay. Robin Williams. Oh. Which is still there. And the Jumanji board. Oh. Or a Jumanji board. Yes. Sorry, it's not the gun shop owner. It's the assistant that they don't know. So the woman that closes the, puts the closed sign on. That's the unknown actor. You shattered the shattering, Seb. It may still be true. Okay. Nobody may know who he is now. So they know who the gun shop owner is, not the assistant. Sorry. Who assistant? Wait. So when he t- when he says, I'll take care of the paperwork, he like gestures yes. over and the lady turns the, the sign to closed? Yes. Her. She's the unknown. She's the unknown? She's the unknown. Oh, okay. Probably just been catering. She, she turned a sign. She didn't say anything anyway. <laughs> Probably, you know, $200 a day extra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if she said anything, that bumps it up to like seven hundred, I think, Ooh. from SAG. She rules. turned a sign. Well, then, then she's a then she's a highlighted extra. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, yeah, but not speaking, so you do get bumped up from like the minimum. Four hundred, maybe four hundred. I thought the minimum was like a hundred and twenty or something. I've had a lot of my friends doing extra work really recently. That um, oh, the rules are crazy in in all sorts of in in, in every jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, there's no. Mm. You know, cohesion between in, internationally between any of them. They're filming that um that Young Rock TV show on the Gold Coast here. Yeah. Okay. And because there's a lot of scenes involving a lot of wrestlers, ah. yeah, a lot of my friends have been doing extra bits. Ah. Like you're talking, like you might see the back of their head for all of you know half a second sort of thing. Like they're in yep. big scenes involving multiple, not featured roles. You know, the 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 minimum pay for the day is the same no matter yep. <laughs> no matter whether they use you or not or the back of your head or your eye or yeah and you're paid for the hours that you're waiting around as well as opposed to just the the time you spend on set so i've had a couple of friends make i say they made a bit of bank like a couple of hundred dollars for a day's work that's it but yeah interesting having those worlds collide and it's got mm-hmm. the rock in it so um oh, does it it's, really it's tied into jumanji so it's not irrelevant and have <laughs> any of them met twain johnson no but there was a one of the wrestlers, there's all like a proper wrestler from the States who is well-known, who's been in charge of like helping with the choreography and making sure the moves all look legitimate. And a bunch of them got to meet him. Um, okay. Because he's here. Um, he's from a, we have a very famous uh, Mexican wrestling family. And he's here. <laughs> I'm being vague on purpose, but uh, they got to meet an actual like- Is it Jack Black? No. An actual like ex WWE <laughs> WWF okay, wrestler right. who's very well known has been on the has been in Brisbane now for like six months. Okay, um, doing this work. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So there you go. How many Mexican WWE wrestlers can there possibly be? A so? lot. This is from a very famous Mexican wrestling family in which he is the last surviving member. So, <laughs> like, you're he'll listen like, oh, is it? Yeah, whatever, whichever one you're thinking of is correct. <laughs> it's that one. <laughs> He's the last surviving member, male member, of I that see. particular wrestling family that's very famous in Mexico. Is his name Arturo? No. Oh, well, then I don't know who he is. No, he's got a very classical um, Mexican wrestling name, you could say. Well, his father was more, more classic, I guess. But. Juan? No, you stop guessing. You're not going to guess it. Oh, Pedro? <laughs> no, no Pedros. There are no Pedros in wrestling? There's no, no Pedros in this family that I'm aware of. Why not? What's wrong with Pedro? They did that thing where like they named the 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 wrestler after their father. 
Right. So there's like that one name consistently going down for a bit. Doesn't matter. Jumanji. <laughs> Did I win? Jumanji. <laughs> and uh, last bit of trivia that I had that was genuinely interesting and not just uh, uh, like a rehash of, oh, you know, people have been in these films and this is the really loose connection we have here, mm. which dominates IMDb trivia. Oh, absolutely. Any little nugget goes in there. Uh, one of the uh, boards used on screen sold on eBay. Take a guess at how much. Oh, to be honest, I would buy one. I fucking, it's a nice looking board game. Would you pay this much for it? Probably not. 60 grand. That's excessive. They also sell it now. $60,800 for, for one that was genuinely used mm. on screen. It's not just a replica or anything. I know, but they sell them now like playable with rules and stuff at like Zing Pop Culture for like 30 bucks now. Yeah. It wasn't used on set, but it actually has rules and <laughs> cards that do stuff. But are the, are the pieces magnetic and do they move themselves, Seb? I don't think this one does I either. I don't think so. I don't think this one would either. Seb, it was the one used in the movie. <laughs> so you, I saw what that did. Seb. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the idea that we don't have games that do that, that exact thing just yet, which must be so easy, right? No, doing things mechanically? Hell no, that's... Tricky. Like you get a set, a set of dice that has like it's weighted in certain regions, so it knows how the how the dice have rolled, and it moves the piece in a, in a in an order around the board for you automatically. Like that is there so, are ways you could it's do expensive, it. but yeah. it's doable. It's certainly doable. Like somebody should be able to make a working Jumanji board game. I say working, <laughs> you know what? I, working within the realms of reality, Jumanji <laughs> board game. Like that's not out of the grasp of reality, is it? Certainly not. And uh, <clears throat> actors considered for Alan Parrish. Now stop me when this list gets ridiculous for you. I'll tell you the point at which I went, mm, no. Okay. Is Jim Carrey one of them? No. Okay, just some 90s comedy. I guess so. Well, some of these names may make sense. Uh, so Tom Hanks. Yeah, I can see that. Kevin Costner. Interesting choice, but a bit old. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, 95, okay. 95, Waterworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same time. Uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, Interesting. That's a very different feel to this movie. You think so? Mm. I don't know. Um, modern day Mel plays more for laughs to me than old Mel. Sorry, young young Mel did. Well, 95. So you're talking uh, what women want kind of Mel. Is that lethal, like Lethal Weapon or is that earlier? No, that was not. Oh, yeah, probably the same time. 93, I think Lethal yeah. Weapon was. Yeah. I suppose you can't play for laughs then. Yeah, okay. But still diff- different comedy. Okay. Uh, Michael Keaton? Oh, uh, no. You don't think Michael Keaton could do it? I could do it. Modern day Michael Keaton would be funnier. No, well, 95. Modern day. Yeah, remember, that's 95 that's Michael saying. Keaton. Modern day old this Michael is, Keaton? This yes. is a few years after Batman Returns. No. So multiplicity, multi- multiplicity. Oh, Batman Returns though. He's a crazy motherfucker. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. All right. Bill Paxton? They all look very similar, don't they? I yeah, know. He's that's, fine. I'm surprised how long this list was. Yeah, Bill Paxton's fine. Uh, Chevy Chase? Yep, that makes sense. That, that, I can, that is easy okay. for me because that's I see a parallel to really? Williams. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Especially modern day Chevy Chase. I know, I know 95, but modern day Chevy Chase? Exactly right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's since come out that he's a bit of a difficult person <laughs> to work with at times. But no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's just one of these things where if you get him, you get him. And if you don't, you're in his way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Cranston? Young Brian Cranston? Ooh. See, I don't know Brian Granston at this time from anything other than the dentist on Seinfeld. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle is my closest parallel. And, 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 and Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. Well, how about you was Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah. But I reckon he could do it. I'm seeing how long ago Malcolm in the Middle was. 
with 2000. So I guess he probably looked fairly similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He actually kind of has a Robin Williams vibe. Okay. Like, give him a bit of a beard and that's pretty, that's pretty good. Okay. Bruce Willis? No. Hard no. You draw it there? I think that one's a bad choice because Bruce Willis isn't as funny as I think he thinks he is. Fifth Element. I don't like that movie. Fifth Element? I don't like this development. Seb, you're wrong. We'll Fifth review, Element We can is review funny. it and then we can and talk Bruce about- And Bruce Willis makes it very funny. We can talk about how Chris Tucker ruined that movie <laughs> for everyone. It wasn't Chris Tucker. Yes, it was. No, was it? Yes, it was. I think it was. So I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, Chris Tucker. From Rush Hour. Yeah, same guy. Yeah, yeah from yeah. Rush Hour. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So I just had a different a different name in my head. Oh, good. I was worried that I made yeah, a profile. No, he didn't. Ru- Ruby Rod- you're the Come worst on, character in fucking oh, no, movie history. Seth, no, <laughs> Ruby Ron is great. Oh, he's so frustrating. He is frustrating and it's good. No. So I said be just wrong. Fifth that's it. Fifth element. Yeah, we can add is it. going on space. the list. Yeah, just, <laughs> oh. Uh Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that's interesting. That's so he's obviously Ghostbusters was the 80s, so he'd be older but nowhere near, but he you know, Crystal Skull Vodka. I'm okay with that. That would be weird. That'd be a very different movie to this, but I think that could be funny. Sean Connery. No, he's not funny. Mm. Not yeah, he can be funny, but not not that right kind. Also, suddenly he's Scottish. Fuck off. No. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ridiculous. <laughs> what was he doing in the jungle? <laughs> Lifting the trees? Like he's too buff. He's the wrong. Yeah, yes. Okay. If Andrew, if you dropped me in the jungle for twenty years, okay and I survived, I would be a lot more fit than I am right now, correct. I would not be jacked Austrian bodybuilder size <laughs> because that's the wrong kind of that's the wrong kind of fitness that you'd get from living in the jungle. You'd be more like an athletic type, not a bodybuilder. It would, it would just raise questions. Did, what gym was he going to in Jumanji? Oh, come on, it's the jungle. The amount Save of- it's a, it's, The whole jungle is a gym. Jungle gym. That's all we're doing. <laughs> uh, but also, Andrew, like just the amount of protein he'd have to eat to actually get that mass. Like, is there are there any animals left in Jumanji? Apparently, there are. We just had a stampede. Why did he not eat them all? <laughs> like, the, the, there's two. It's like how it's like the question of how do aliens eat in the aliens movies? Yep. Like, it's like what do they eat to grow? It's the same problem. What did he eat to grow? Clearly, they they eat the metal. You have to did have the Schwarzenegger acid. eat the wood in the forest? Like that's what I mean. Like it's there are animals there. He could have, you know, lions and things. They would have hunted the zebras and. He'd other have things. to be eating half a lion a day, though. Yeah, he could have. We're talking. It. We're talking. He could have scavenged four dead lions every week for him <laughs> just to get the protein levels needed. That's a lot of lion. Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of close to you. I I let Bruce Willis slip past. Yeah. Because I could see him doing the role, but Dan Aykroyd, I didn't think it'd be a different movie. Hundred percent. Yeah. But also, I can't buy Dan Aykroyd as somebody that survived in the forest. At least Robin Williams looked so, somewhat fit well, in this I mean, movie. You know, he grows into that. And Ro- Ro- Robin Williams does a brilliant job mm. because he comes out. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the film, but he comes out and I buy, I completely buy that he was a 12-year-old boy that has been estranged from, yep. from the world for, for 26 years. I completely buy that because he behaves like a child. No, it works yeah. really well. But is there any more after Schwarzenegger? No. Oh, that's a bad choice. I love Schwarzenegger and he is funny. He can do laugh, make comedy. It's just, it raises too many questions. I was already just barely okay with him being a a giant bodybuilder in Jingle All The Way (laughs) because at least in that world, he has a gym that he can go to and he's rich. But in, in, in saying that, it was also in his family movie phase. 
So Jingle All the Way, uh, Kindergarten Comp was 94. So this would have been right around that time. I'll be clear. I'm not doubting that Schwarzenegger would have accepted the role. I'm doubting that Schwarzenegger in the role would have made sense. Yeah, yeah, I I don't think so. Tom Hanks, I absolutely see doing it. Yep. And, I mean, of course, he did Toy Story, uh, which was the the same year. Well, so you fucking cast Schwarzenegger or Stallone, for example, and suddenly you've got to recast the entire Parish family because they've got, where did their Austrian son come from? I don't know, Van Pelt? You could you could make Van Pelt have a German accent and, you know, Alan just being around him for all that time just uh, you know, picks it up. Yeah, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Is it, but you yeah. see, you you could, see you it could, raises more questions. You could write in a reason for, for doing that. No, it, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I, I would like to see it. I would like to see it, give it a shot. Like, where's that timeline split? You know, you know there's this stupid freaking... We're gonna go off topic as we normally would here. You know that whole um the Mandela. As long as we still talk about movies, we'll get back to it. You know the whole question. We don't go into cakes and no, you know, no, 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 how to make your own pickled cucumbers. Of course not. Um, <laughs> you know the, like the whole question around like the Mandela effect, how people remember one thing one way and then right. other thing another way, and the whole this cons- like, I'm gonna call it a conspiracy theory, but really just this theory, I guess, is that there was a timeline split. Around about the mid night, uh, the mid mid seventies or mid eighties, right? In which something has changed, and half of humanity remembers events from one timeline, and half of them remembers events ah, from this timeline. Okay. And the one example is like is the Berenstein Bears or the Berenstein Bears. It's this book thing right. in, in the states, and quote these are all rough things, but half people remember it written as Berenstein, half remember it written as Berenstein. But obviously it's in print. There is the way it was written. Okay. But people remember it being this way. Um half people think that Nelson Mandela um was like died in prison and half think he died outside of prison, like a free man. Right. And there's these things that like something has occurred at this point in time that has had a divulgence in events that have occurred to events that people remember occurring as they previously did before it was changed. Okay. This is the thing. This is the, the, the stupid theory. There's a lot more into it than the two examples I've given, but that's the the reason that people give behind that, that for some reason, some people will just remember how things did happen and now people remember things that they did actually happen. And it's not just trace back to a you know stray news article that misjudges something or misrepresents something, but... Enough time had gone, you know, between the last yeah. sort of reported event and, and this one that people kind of were fuzzy on it to, to begin with. And then this report comes out and says, no, 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 Nelson Mandela died in the, the mid-90s. Yep. And, oh, okay, I guess I guess he did. Yeah. And then there's some more time where it goes unreported and people just remember that article then. I think it's also things, people remembering things they've heard vague whispers of and, like, in their head, yes. like, concrete, Nelson Mandela died here and then, you know. And then it's like, oh, I thought he died here, but he died here, but maybe they would, they never, you know, a re- person who researches Nelson Mandela for a lot for a living would not be making this mistake, for example, <laughs> plus people that have this passive information come across them. But yeah. So I want to see the other, the split timeline where, where Schwarzenegger did it, but I'll still live in the timeline where it was through to Robin Williams. Well, okay. you, just, just thinking about it. Yeah. You could explain his accent with, you know, being surrounded by Van Pelt and he has an accent, but then what happens when the timeline is reset? Or is it reset? Does the Jumanji so, does the Jumanji world, you know, does that alternate future continue? Oh, you mean in the movie? Yeah. Oh, I think like in the in the Mandela yeah. effect. Well, no, I mean you're you're talking about split timelines, and the movie definitely has a split timeline. Yeah, it does. Does the other world continue to exist? I'm going to say no, purely because what we 
bring our original characters back to when they were children in their personal timelines. If we followed them straight through, they went back, but they maintained all the memories of going forward. So I'd say that timeline ended with them starting back. So it's like a, okay. it was a loop for them. A loop, sorry, an so, open loop. So Jumanji has the power to undo 26 years of history? Yeah. Of world history? If that's your problem with the powers of this board game, then you're going to have a wild ride when we go to no, the No, I'm movie. just I'm just curious where these powers come from, where they originate. Like, I can understand, you know, not even understand. It's, it's, it's a game that can manifest, you know, its own universe in reality. Yeah. Right? So the game is about a jungle and all the things you would have, all the threats you would have in a jungle. And it can manifest those. That's fine. Yeah. But then this thing can undo 26 years of history. Yeah, it's really powerful. Or does it not do? Was it all... Uh, or, it, d- or did the game simply jump to like a few days before Alan... Can it predict the future? Does it know the future? So it, so it skips 26 years of history to a couple of days before Alan Parrish is going to come out in this, in this alternate little, little timeline. I mean, regardless, I guess if you go into the whole idea... We don't really talk about anybody's history yeah. in that intervening time. Even Carl. You kind of, no, I was fired and that was it. And then he's just a cop. It's not really explained what he did. Well, so he may as well have just ceased to exist then and what's that, um, been that created in this alternate future. What was that good Schwarzenegger movie and that bad Colin Farrell movie that we watched? Um, Total Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> well, like, if I were to... I, I woke up this morning, you know... If I woke up this morning and I'm in my house and I have a memory of going to bed last night, you know, after watching a movie or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm just relying on the fact that I think that happened. Whether that's been implanted in my brain overnight or not, for me, it feels real. Yes. So whether or not yeah. it just skipped forward and implanted memories for everyone or they actually lived the 26 years and did it, it's irrelevant to them because they remember it. Like for them, it's real. But what's the power of the game? It's, 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 a, it's God. It's not God. Or did all this happen within the game? Um, like, is Alan's the only one that's really affected, right? And and Sarah, Sarah as to well. an extent, she had like- and Sarah as well. But she was there with Alan, and they're the only ones who remember. So, did the game suck in Alan and somehow, you know, just beam Sarah's consciousness in there? All this played out for twenty six years, but really, it only takes a couple of seconds in in Alan's consciousness, and then he's zapped back out. As a, as a kid, so like the like the um, uh, the magic flute episode of uh, Next Gen, where Picard yeah. lives out you know an an entire lifetime over the course of you know ten hours or something, where this twenty six years of of history happens happens for Alan within within the, the span of a few minutes, which is fascinating. In itself and then he and Sarah only are, are the only ones who who remember that, which actually kind of makes the game nice in a way, because what is actually done long term for Alan and Sarah. It's given them 26 free years of life. And then they reset with the memory of all that they've gained and their knowledge back to being children. Granted, Sarah was had the psychological harm that was caused to her as part of that. And so did Alan to an extent. Just a, just a touch of PTSD. Yeah. So you could argue it was also, it's the gift of the game is 26 years of psychology. Um, but... It did give them those memories. Like, in theory, Sarah should be quite smart. She's already graduated school and potentially college. Certainly. And she knows how to scam people. She's a psychic, right? <laughs> um, like maybe she didn't go to college then. But you catch my drift. Like, it I, gifted I them 26 drift. years of knowledge. Like, if I could have an extra 26 yeah. years right now and still remain 30 years old, fuck yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Why would I want, not want that stuff in my brain? Unless it's horrible, horrible jungle torture. Um, so maybe the game is nice. And it does... 
nice is in it doesn't actually affect the world, just the people who are playing it. I will say, though, the movie heavily implies that with the knowledge they get from being in the game and going through into the future and learning about how Judy and Peter's parents die, Alan and Sarah do attempt to change the timeline by stopping their parents from going on the, on the trip that kills them. This needs further investigation. Yep. Does, does Jumanji genuinely predict the future? I think the game... I think it's exactly what it looks like. The game made them travel in time. And they are changing the timeline I don't at the it. end of the movie. I don't buy I it. I do. I think no, it's weird. I don't think any of it actually happened. <laughs> None of it happened. No, 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 no. As in as in Alan got sucked into the and Alan and Sarah got sucked into the game. Yeah. And over a real, you know, few seconds, a few minutes, they live out this this twenty six years of of whatever. So you're arguing that the entire twenty six years is part of the game? Yes, yes, yes. As opposed to just a byproduct of the game. It's part of it the game. It didn't actually happen. Okay. Like none of none of the events that, that we were shown, like the, the stampedes and the earthquakes and, you know, things being ruined and all that, none of that actually happened. Because it, it, it would, the game would have just sucked them in, like it does in the sequel in Welcome to the Jungle. Yep. It just sucks them in, right? And the rest of the world goes on as normal because Colin Hanks is stuck in the game for 20-odd years or whatever, and nothing else is affected. Alternate theory, it all did happen, and Sarah <laughs> is history's greatest monster. What, <laughs> what year did this movie take place in? Because the movie was made in 95, so I'm going to safely assume it happened... I think it takes place in 95. Oh, no, it's it contemporary. The, I think it happened in the 70s. So it was 60, 69, I think, is the... Oh, maybe she's okay then. 1969. They, they're born in 57, so they're 12 years old. 1969, yeah. So it happened in 1969? Yeah. How long was he gone for? 26 years. Oh, that's just fine. I thought she saw 9-11 happen and didn't stop it. Oh. That <laughs> <laughs> was like, Sarah's a bitch. Hold on, how could you stop it? How could you blame her for stopping something? For not stopping it. How could she stop it? She has 26 years worth of future knowledge. She knows it's going to happen and she can make the decision to at least work and get involved in government. Even if she doesn't just warn people that have the power to stop it, she has the foresight to know I need to be in X position by this time to stop it from happening. That would require her to play it straight for 26 years. Yeah. Because save. the second she says something, she becomes one of those kooks that's right that writes one of those Nostradamus yeah. books. Don't and say then it. She's dismissed. Get, get, I'm saying she should knuckle down, and study, what? and get into government, and then push for like airport security <laughs> or something. Like she should preempt it in a in a legitimate sense, not just in a. Oh, that's the spinoff I want to see. Yeah, but it was 1979, so let's say 1980. That would have placed her in. Oh. 2005? There is still... Is that right? Bad math? 2005? 1979 it started in. 26 years I put her into 69. 69. Oh, no. 26 years no. after that is 1995. Oh, so she wouldn't know what happened. There are still horrible things that happened, Sam. Oh, absolutely. The but World it, Trade Center was bombed in 93. But it wasn't her fault that the Trade Center got attacked by the <laughs> by Al-Qaeda. That is not her fault. Okay. No, I was just saying, like, if she fucking knew... But everything else is on her? <laughs> I think so. The Oklahoma City... Bombing a lot of things. Yeah, that's on her. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, that's my that's like the big one. I'm giving because that's kind of like the the pivot point of when I guess the United States role in the, on the world really shifted dramatically from that point. Like his that's that is a history changing point of view. I guess everything changes history. Okay, that was a significant change in history that literally changed what the about, direction of the one of the world's most powerful nations. What about Challenger? Yeah, should she have become a part of NASA at the time of the moon landing? And 
and uh, you know been been uh, uh, swept up in all that enthusiasm, so she can stop the Challenger disaster from happening. I mean, is that on her, Seb? It's a little bit on her. If I know something bad is going to happen and I say nothing about it, I'm I'm just as guilty as like if no, I know you it's going to. You're not. If I know if I know that somebody's put a bomb in my car. And I know that my car will explode next time it turns on and you're jumping into my car to pop down to the shops and I don't go, hey, Andrew, maybe don't use my car today and you blow up. That is my <laughs> fault because I knew it was going to happen and did nothing. Well, this is a very interesting discussion because how do you know it's going to happen? Because in an alternate timeline, it did happen and you're using that as evidence that it must still be holding true in this one. Yeah, in my so example- So you don't know mm. in the same way that you- would know if you saw somebody put a bomb in and wire it up yeah, and yeah. set the thing. You don't know in the same way as that. I'm relying on what happened to Alan and what happened to Sarah being a a, a very small ripple on the whole butterfly effect scale. Like that that that, that didn't change enough that nine eleven wouldn't occur. Right. So you have to assume that it would occur. But I would argue that you don't know those things. She, well, she definitely didn't know about nine eleven. Let's be clear. She didn't know <laughs> it was six years after they went back in time. I mean, that, that she, she's clean. Her conscience is clear. Sure. But there's other things that she probably should have stood up for. <laughs> um, you're the monster, Seb. When was, when was Kennedy assassinated? That was earlier than that, wasn't it? Yeah, 63. Okay, so that's already so happened. So she was six. Oh, she should have known. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the meantime- But I, Apollo 13? Oh, that's all on her. Yeah. Apollo 13's on her? The movie? <laughs> is that what you're the movie? Because I love that movie. Oh, oh, the movie as well. That came out in 95. Um, I like Apollo 13. What's wrong with that? No, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, I'm, I'm looking through uh, Mandela Effect <laughs> um, examples, by the way, and I've got a couple of questions for you on that note. Okay, if we, yeah. While we're on timelines. Yeah, 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 please. Bugs Bunny. Right. He's a Looney Tune. Yep. How do you spell it? Looney Tune. Yep. L-O-O-N-E-Y. Yep. T-U-N-E. Yep. Like a tune, like a song. Yeah. Yep. I know that because the tune squad from Space Jam is T U N E squad. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do some people say Looney Tunes? Tunes, which would, ah. to be fair, makes a lot more sense. I don't know. Looney Tunes. Yeah. I like guess they're so. a tune, they're a cartoon. But it is tune with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, oh, I just had another one. Whoops. Go away. TV show. Is it Sex in the City or Sex and the City? Sex and the City. Ah, but it's Sex in the City. Is it? Wait. Oh no, it is and the city. Sorry. There's two examples written down here in front of me. I don't know which one's the fake one. <laughs> the sex in the city makes sense. Sex as well. and the city, sure. They both make sense. No, no, no. It is and. It is and. Well, it's and. not about sex. It's not just about sex, the TV show. It is about the city. There's a lot of examples here that aren't helpful for us because a lot of them are US. Sex brand. and the city. It is and the city. Sex and the City. A Fruit Loops, the cereal, spelt fruit as in F R U I T or no. F double F R double O. Fruit Loops are double O. Yeah. Because they're not real fruit and that would be, that would be <laughs> mislabeling their product. Yes. Because it's, it's all sugar. Definitely, definitely <laughs> would. Um, does um, the Monopoly man wear a monocle or not? Oh, no, he doesn't. He just has that moustache and, and a top hat. Yes. But no monocle. No monocle. Oh, Hmm. Yes. Oh, there was one about Pikachu. Does Pikachu's tail have oh. a black end? But you wouldn't. I mean, I barely know. I think it, yeah, it's black on the end, isn't it? No, isn't it? No, it's all yellow. It's all yellow. Oh, yeah. it's got. Am I thinking of his ears? His ears. Black are, on his yeah. ears. I think a lot of these, a lot of these brands are stuff from the states that we wouldn't know, um, just because 
like we've got some of these brands here, not enough that we'd fucking memorize, sure. you know. Um, God, some of these examples are terrible. There's a comment. Oh, there's, you know this one, the whole bloody no Luke, I am your father bullshit, but he doesn't actually say Luke's He doesn't name. say Luke. He just, yeah. It's just, no, I'm your father. Yeah. But everyone knows that one. Um, apparently how people remember Gandalf saying run you fools instead of fly you fools. Ah. I knew it as fly you fools. And I was like the birds. Yeah. I thought he said run you fools. Which also makes sense. I mean, they both make sense. Does he say run and then fly you fools? Just fly you fools and then drops. Oh. Cause they run up Gandalf. Gandalf. And then Cause like, I thought the scene, it's him kind of with his arms up on the thing, just about to sort of holding himself up on the ledge, but about to fall off. Mm. And I thought he said run, and then there's a pause, and then again, run, run you fools. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I just remember the he walks, they run up to him to grab him, fly and he fools. says, fly you fools. Um, apparently, Sinbad never played a genie, but people have memory of him playing a genie in Shazam, which is Shaq, right? Really? Isn't Shaq the genie in Shazam? Shazam. It's Shaq, but apparently people remember it being a Sin- Sinbad. I don't remember. I'm, I'm only... I'm only thinking of images of the of the recent Shazam, of the of the comic book movie. I know the, I know the one you're talking yeah, the, about. Yeah, ba- back in the '90s. Yeah, I think it was a basketballer. Because who was in Steel? Who Shazam. Was, sorry, was, sorry, Shaq. That was, that was that was Shaq as well. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, here's apparently a common uh, Mandela effect. <laughs> which is very relevant. The Challenger explosion, yes. the shuttle, uh, thought to be, a ch- sorry, though the tragic accident took place on January 28th, 1986, there are a number of people that believe it happened in 84, 85. Oh, okay. So people are convinced that it just happened earlier. No. no, no. Um, oh. And it was because of some rubber rings, some rubber seals. Oh, is that it? That went hard in... Uh, freezing temperature oh. that NASA didn't, and and then you know fuel leaked and and Ooh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Very embarrassing. I've, I've skipped the rest because they're all just like brand names people remember differently, but it's hard to translate, especially on a podcast. Like, oh, the Oscar Mayer wieners <laughs> look different. I'm like, okay, we don't have those. We don't I've have never those had an Oscar Mayer. Yeah, neither have I. Yeah, Hans, Hans Frankfurts certainly. They're pretty good. It, it's probably the same thing. Probably literally the same thing. Anyway, Jumanji, <laughs> good film. <laughs> Uh, we're 45 minutes I bet in. Alan wish he had an Oscar Mayer wiener in the jungle. Hey? I'm going to breeze through the plot. Do you think that's a good idea? We're 45 minutes in. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> probably safe. All right. Um, you've all seen it. It starts off in, what, 18-something? No, a couple of, it has it, to be earlier than 18-something. Oh, 18-something because the couple of kids are in a horse-drawn carriage trying to bury this game. Yep. Uh, and it's evil and, you know, it's coming after the, the kid when what? it starts making noises. What happens if someone finds it, brother? May God have mercy on their souls. So cheesy. <laughs> the reading was cheesy. The line was cheesy. Looking directly into the camera was cheesy. Brilliant. It sets yeah. it up perfectly. <laughs> Brilliant. If you start a movie at about a two out of ten, it's only going to get better and this movie does. <laughs> God damn. So they bury it. They bury it. Um, and you hear the the, the classic jump. Yep. And we jump to the future. Well, the, the future of 1969 with Paris shoes. What happened in 69 that's so relevant to me? 1969. The moon landing. Moon landing. Yeah, okay. That's what I was going to go. Yeah. Man's just landed on the moon, and here we have young Alan Parrish <laughs> heading to his father's shoe shop. <laughs> like it's, um, that's Actually, fine. it doesn't give a month of the year. No, it doesn't. It's not winter, but the moon landing happened in July. 
So this could have been pre the moon landing, or even a few months after when you know nobody cared about the. So we have to assume it's at least February to July sort of point, I guess, because it's, it's not getting into the colder months because they're, they're December, November, December sort of yeah. when winter starts, right? Right, yeah. that makes sense. But there are no flags. There are no American flags anywhere. There's no pride going on. I don't know if there was a lot of American pride at the time of the moon landing. I would imagine there was. Probably when it happened, but I don't know. Anyway, he's in the shoe. I don't know what, what state's he in? <laughs> New Hampshire. Oh, they're in New. Oh, of course, yeah. Keen, New Hampshire. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, so Alan is is uh, frolicking around his father's shoe factory, and Carl, uh, played by uh, David Alan Greer. Uh, is there? He's he's displaying his new sneaker that's going to revolutionise shoes, and everybody's going to to have them. It's a basketball shoe, the first one. Um, yeah, and he would make bank with that. Mm. I mean, at least today, like, if well, I say back then, it was kind of basic, but like, yeah, he really had something. Well, Jordans came out in the eighties. I wonder when the first basketball shoe came out. Oh, I will. I'll, I'll find out. You continue with the plot. Sure. Because I'm generally curious. <laughs> anyway, uh, because of Alan, it's accidentally destroyed, but he doesn't come clean about it. Uh, he's leaving the factory after his father says, um, no, you can't be here. It's no place for, for children. Go home and you know, clean up for supper, basically. Uh, but as Alan's leaving, there's some excavation happening for an extension to the factory because it's doing very well. Uh, and he hears this, hears this drumming. The first basketball shoe was actually a converse. They did do it, and it was made in 1923. Whoa! Um, endorsed by Chuck Taylor in 28. Um, there you go. But these were going to be parishes, and they were going to take the market. These looked more akin to Jordans yeah. than they did to yeah. Converse, by all means. Um, and Nike's first ever basketball shoe was made in 1972. Can I just say, it actually looked like a pretty nice shoe. Yeah, it did. Like even now, very yeah. nice shoe. But yeah, so 1972 were the first Nike basketball shoes. So he had okay. beaten them by three yes. years. Yes, yeah. So it would have been would have been appropriate. Uh, so Alan hears this hears this drumming and goes up to the excavation and digs out this Jumanji buried game. What a bitchy game, right? Drawing people in like that. Well, that's that's the devil's temptation. But can, just you couldn't resist, could you? You couldn't leave me alone. You had to open up the shiny box. I don't want to sidetrack us, but I have to ask, what are the board game's motives? Because it undoes everything when you finish souls, the game. Souls, Seb. It sucks the souls in. That's why I think it never happened. It would have sucked in Alan and, and, and uh, Sarah's souls, and that's it. They die in the game, and the game has their souls. I feel like there'd need to be some sort of deal for that to happen. Like, I feel like that's just cheap. Like, you need to have, like, a buy-in. No, Supernatural, Supernatural has, has uh, shown us that, you know, demons and things can, can you know, angels can zap your souls whenever, whenever they like. It's nice to make a deal, but for all intents and purposes, it's fair game. I just feel like they should make a deal, or at least a <laughs> warning, or, like, a disclaimer that I'm not going to read. You know, something... Well, it. I mean, in the game's defense, I think it's a shitty way of doing it. But in the game's defense, it does say, um, you know, don't start unless you intend to finish. It does give a very vague warning at the but start. It doesn't finish. say I'm going to kill you, motherfuckers. Yes, yes. But it does say, uh, make sure you make sure you you're mm-hmm. aware. You've got to finish this game. Whatever happens, you've got to finish this game. Yep. Yeah, shitty way of doing it. A little bit, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Alan and Sarah go back home to the, to their place. His father is preparing for a speech. Um, his father is, you know, 
he's very proud that he stood up to to a bunch of bullies, so he's going to send him off to military school because it's about time he became a man. Son, I didn't realize I sent you outside to get beaten up by six kids. <laughs> That's on me. That's my bad. <laughs> and sorry. to say sorry. <laughs> I'm going to send you away for six years. <laughs> Such a shit. Oh, he t- I do believe his dad genuinely thought it was a good move because like my son is Not, being picked yeah. on because he's perceived as weak. This will make him tough. And he's got those old school, masculine, always British, stiff upper lip boy. Yeah. And he, he's doing it because he wants his son to be strong and not to be hurt. Yes. So the, the thought is actually coming from a loving place. The yeah. problem is his dad's a massive fuckhead. Mm, no, he's not. He's, he's sort of he's is. He's not. He's not. By the end of it, you see he's not. He's just, you know... Playing out the tradition. It's not military school, but it is a family tradition that it's a boarding know, school. Of some the, kind, yeah, yeah, parish boys go to this school, and you know it, they're so ingrained in the school. The one of the halls is named after the family parish so, hall. In fact, yeah, parish hall. So you you, you know you, you're going to go there because that's the that's the family thing. Yep. Right. He's like, I don't want to go to school. The same after me is like the same after your grandfather. <laughs> like, oh, God, well, maybe you can live there. <laughs> and he storms off, and his dad is angry at him, and uh, he goes off to. Do his do his speech. Uh, Alan is preparing a little knapsack. Sorry, Sarah's not there. Sarah's not a part of it yet. He's preparing his little knapsack. He's about to run away, and just as he's reaching for the door, there's a knock on the door, and it's Sarah returning his bike. Ooh. Yeah, and he. Oh, I was just about to go and get it, but Sarah says, "Well, now you don't have to." And here's your bike, and there we go. Thanks very much. Away, away we go. And then the drumming starts. The game lures them in yet again. It's another temptation. They could have ignored it. But what they do is they're lured in by this jungle drumming, 12 years old in the heat of passion, as they are. Oh, come on. Alan definitely has a thing for Sarah. He likes her. Of course he likes Sarah. I'm just confused about the idea of drums ever being a luring thing. Like, you know, some metal bands listening to this being like, yeah, drums are the most important. No, they're not. Shut up. <laughs> oh, come on. Now, if Jumanji was luring them in with some sort of sick guitar riff. So oh, interesting. No, it's so primal. A nice drum beat. It is nice. I actually used it for a wrestling promo because <laughs> like, we needed some drumming bit. And I was like, I know, just the drumming. And just slipped in some Jumanji there. Yeah. Anyway, Alan's convinced that he's the only one that can hear it, but Sarah says, yeah, did you? Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, and then they play the game. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Sarah goes first. Alan rolls the dice, rolls a five, and the and the little cards read, uh, in the jungle you must wait until the dice read five or eight. And he gets sucked in, just converted to sand and yep. sucked into the game. And Sarah runs off and the bats that she uh, unlocked uh, attack her. And she runs out from the house screaming. Now I wonder, can this game have been played two-player? Like if Sarah had now rolled again, yeah. would it have locked them into a two-player game as opposed to when she doesn't roll and the next player, player three and four join and now it's locked in as a four-player game? I wonder if Sarah hadn't made a roll, if it would have been done, yeah, if stuck with her and Alan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And she would have had to finish it. By herself. But she didn't. I feel like I'm going to be this dick. Everything takes that little bit of time to happen after you roll the dice. Roll the dice, move the piece. Roll the dice, move the piece. Roll the dice, move the piece. Just smash that shit out as quickly as you can. No, you can't because you have to wait for the little thing to come up and then you have to deal with the consequences of whatever is happening. So you have to deal with it though. There's always a bit of a delay. Well, if you're fast enough, but you you know you still you still have spiders still coming spiders. after you. You still have bats flying mm. around and attacking you. You still have Van Pelt taking a shot at you. Yeah. 
I like that's, that's not easy to deal with. I know. I'm just. I just. Every time I'm like, it's a little bit hard to roll the dice when somebody's shooting at you. Sam. I just feel like roll the dice, read it, roll the dice, and then deal. Sure, double up, guys. Sure, this movie would have been forty-five well, minutes. Towards the end of the movie, they definitely start doing that. Yeah, just fast tracking through as much as they can. Anyway, cut to twenty-six years later. Yep. BB Newworth has some, you know, a, a nephew and a niece, and they've purchased this house. They find out that the parishes, uh, you know, have have moved on or or whatever whatever has happened. Oh, didn't you hear? The the father went mad and killed his son and chopped him up in little pieces and hit him throughout the entire house. That's right. That's why it's such a bargain. Yeah, perfect. That's exactly <laughs> the place I want to raise my niece and nephew. It's filled with little whose boy own meat. parents were died were were killed violently in some skiing accident or car accident or something. Yeah, there's was, was a car accident on the slopes. Why the car was on the slopes, I don't know. But <laughs> it's wonderful. Let me turn this lamp on. That'll make everything better. It's a nice house. I like BB Newer. It's a lovely house. Yeah. <laughs> like it's too nice. It's too so nice. nice. She should have. She should have suspected something was up. Anyway, long story short, kids find the game, roll the dice. They're locked into the game. Uh, Alan comes out because one of the kids uh, roll a five or an eight. He's very excited about the whole thing, but is determined not to play because he's had enough of the jungle for twenty six years. Understandably, shaves himself for the first time and gets cuts all over. It's very funny. Okay. And Robin Williams generally does play it nice. I think it's well cast all round. Uh, and then they have to get Sarah involved because uh, Kirsten goes to goes to make her move and nothing happens. And Alan says, oh, that's because it's not your turn. There's another player we have to find. And then we find out Sarah is a recluse who has thought she's been going mad because of what she saw and has had all this therapy to undo the work and now Alan's in front of her. <laughs> So it actually did happen, and she's not mad, but then what she saw was absolutely true, and that's even also more terrible. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but they convince her to play, and then they go through a series of very funny uh, and terrifying events and going after the game. It's very, the tension is built very nicely. It's all resolved very nicely. Van Pelt is an excellent inclusion as a, as a villain, also played by Jonathan Hyde, and is going after Alan. Can I say how lucky they were to get that house for so cheap? Mm. The Amityville house. Another famous murder house. If oh, you will. yes. Um, last sold for about 850 US dollars, which is about 1.1 million Australian. So, <laughs> just saying. Sorry, 850,000. 850,000. I, I thought you sorry. said $850, which is about a million Australian. Yeah, which just sounds <laughs> yeah, about right. right. No, sorry, 850,000 uh, US dollars. Uh, so 1.1 Australian roughly. That's, um, that's nothing these days, Seb. I mean, you've got regular houses in Sydney that go for double that. Yes. And just, just, just because of how close they are to the city. House prices in the States, and I, it's it's a strange thing. So from staying in the States briefly for like a month or so. when we If you're... If you're rural, if you're in the suburbs, yeah, house prices are pretty cheap. Yeah. And cost of food there's pretty cheap as well. It's just the wages seem to not to be lower well, as a result, I no, guess. No, that, that's fine. If your wages are low and all the other uh, prices are low, then that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I worked out there like on my Starbucks salary back 10, 20 years, whatever it was, when I worked 10 years ago, when I worked at Starbucks. On my Starbucks salary in Australia, if I could somehow work in Australia and get my Australian wages but live in the States... I would have like a five bedroom house right. easily yeah. and yeah. very comfortable for food and everything. Um, even going from Australian dollars into US dollars because of the wage difference. How about that? Yeah. I was like, oh fuck. It was like, it's weird how America could be a legitimate retirement option. 
going from Australian dollars into US oh, dollars. Not now. Not now in general, you mean? No, no. Things are going to get pretty bad there. Good. Take that. <laughs> it's about time they got bad. Oh, no. No, no but that, I just mean like, yeah, but just going off for like 10 years ago, if I had my Australian wages there, I'd be like set, which is ridiculous because you'd yeah. expect first world country to first world country, comparable cost of living. No, not even a little bit. Um, even with the exchange rate being in, in their favour. Yeah. Yeah. But there's the trick. You'd have to work in Australia and live there and you can't do that with coffee. At not with coffee. At least not yet. But I could do something online, surely. An Australian-based business. Oh, you could own vending machines, I guess. Yeah. I could own vending as machines. As long as you hired contractors to stock them, yeah, you could. I should get <laughs> you into could the do that all machine. remotely. It feels like it just runs itself, really. Jumanji. If it was a mobile vending machine, that stocked itself. Okay. So I could build robots, is what you're saying. Yeah. If I got into robotics, that might be another. Automate everything. Yeah. Jumanji. Yeah. Jumanji, Jumanji. Oh, now I want to talk about self-driving coffee vans. Me too. But <laughs> we're, we're so they they end up playing it out. David Allen Greer, uh, Carl ends up becoming a cop. Yeah, who's um, great in this by way. He's great, and he's the first one that interacts with with Alan, and he sort of suspects that all this you know growing weirdness around the city of wild animals and you know earthquakes and floods and things like that is all because of him. He's I'm tied into it somehow. But a simple country cop, <laughs> but I can tell you that these lions do not belong here. <laughs> like it's, that's the sort of thing. Is like yeah. if nothing makes sense right now. His obsession with his car is ridiculous as well. It's great. It's very it's funny. Great. It's a very nice thing for the film to latch on to. And there are a lot of good visuals uh, in the film, a lot of excellently done scenes where the CGI surprisingly holds up. It's 95, so not everything is perfect, but it's pretty good. I'm still telling you those like monkeys the, the, are horrendous. The monkeys are horrendous, but because they were sort of half people, it's sort of that uncanny valley yeah. situation where they're just in that creepy region. They look but too I would say, clean. Yeah. But I would say that all of the CGI in Jumanji is better than the CGI in Attack of the Clones. Ooh. Which was seven years later for a budget that was far higher. Well, there was From less a, CGI in this movie, to be fair, though. There was less CGI, but the CGI that there was was much better than the thing. And, and Lucas, of course, you know, built the whole thing... Mm. You know, as a, as a CGI film, it was it was going to be brilliant and, and look more real than real, but it didn't. Yeah, the plot was better in this movie too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it made sense. We'll jump ahead a little bit, but yeah, they win. Well, oh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> but it's very it's very nicely done. Yeah. yeah, Van Pelt is a great like physical like physical like real world villain for this movie as well. Yeah. Having that constant like human hunter there. Chasing the characters yes. or with a personal vendetta and you know, buying Bound against by the rules of Jumanji. Alan rolled mm. the dice when to, to release him, and so he's the he's the target. He yep. could shoot and and he even says to Sarah, I could shoot you at any time, darling, but Alan rolled the dice. Yep. Good stuff. Really well performed as well. And I could touch on before, having the actors that played the father play that same yep. role and they're both this horrible imposing figure that's trying to force Alan to become an adult before it's time. Um, I mean, you could argue it's not, it's time. Well, Van Pelt literally forcing him to to be an adult by hunting him down. Yes. And he has to survive into his adulthood in order to survive. <laughs> but his father doing it when he was, you know, a, a yeah. middle school or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, good shit. I really enjoyed this movie. Really good. Um, funny Very it needed to be. Yeah. 
Um, Stampede scene still looks pretty good for what it was. Like this movie, okay. We said the CGI is not bad. Cause honestly, for it's where 95, good. it really does hold up quite well. Yeah. There's a lot of practical effects too. Some effects will just be like, oh God, what are they doing? But, but the, for the most part, it's pretty good. But the stampede where the stampede of different animals runs over the car and crushes the car in real time, mm. it's really nicely done. Yeah. It I still mean, looks real. Yeah. Um, the lion as well. Doesn't all the target was a lion? No, lion. lion. Looks pretty good. Once again, practical effects when the first thing it rolls in, they have like its tail rub up against the piano. Yeah. And that's just obviously a puppet. It like, yeah, still, cool. it looks real because it's, uh, you know. Good choices were made. Yes. Um, <laughs> And once again, just, I think it's funny that the director of this film and the director of Zathura both went on to do Marvel films. How about that? Granted, Joe Johnson only went on to do, um, this director of this one only went on to do Captain America, the first one. But to be fair, Marvel films do make up about 87% of Hollywood films. Yeah, if you're moment. a working Hollywood director, you've <laughs> you're got one on you getting Marvel one. Projects. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> All right, well- are we good to jump to verdicts then? I think so. I think this is. I think everyone knows where we're going with this, though. I don't know. You can tell when a movie's good because we talk about everything but the movie. Yeah, but yeah. You've heard the good, you've heard the bad. A lot of opinions, a couple facts. It's verdict time. Genuinely, really enjoyable. Um, if you're in Australia, this is on Netflix, and so is I think actually at least the first, maybe both of the of the sequel sort of things. The first well. one absolutely is. I yeah. think there may be some other Jumanji products on there as well. But, yeah. but certainly this one and Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, Because I've got like Prime and Stan and between the three of them, I was able to watch all three movies as part of this one just to just to kind of take a deep dive into it. And this is, like we said, no secrets. This is the best one. But yeah. but in saying that, the first of the new ones, really fun. Also good too. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah, it's an enjoyable franchise currently, even though we didn't know it was going to be a franchise, <laughs> I guess until more recently. Uh, Robin Williams really fun in it, but honestly, a lot of the other characters get good time to shine. Like this is, by all means, it's a Robin Williams movie, but he, it's not a Robin Williams movie. No. He feels more. If it was an ensemble piece, it's forty percent him and a shared thirty percent for his other cast members. That's yeah, bad that's... math, but it's more him than them. But it's still that's true. He yeah. has he has the the lion's share of the quotable lines or the or the funnier lines. Yeah. But by no means is he stealing the show. You know, everybody's working together to to put on a a, a good yeah. a good film to make a good project. It's also one of those rare films. I wouldn't say it's a perfect film because to qualify for that, uh, I think you really have to have a really elevated enjoyment. And this is good, but I don't think it's great. Yeah. But it's it's surprising in that it doesn't really have any lows. There's no boring point in the film. It's engaging from start to finish. You know, you can watch it again and again and it never gets boring, at least at least not for me. And I've loved it every single time I've seen it. Yeah, It, is, it is a fantastic film. Yeah, really fun. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Honestly, I don't have much to say bad about this film apart from some of the shit just looks a bit dodged, but it's also the film's what, 26 years old? Twenty six years old, and and it'll be one of those classics that live on forever. And I still want the I want the, the. I'm a film nerd. I like props, and the board game looks really nice. I don't want to play it, and I mean, like, obviously, no, no, no. Sorry, I would love to play the actual game because that's exciting. But I mean, like, I don't want to play the game that they made based off the movies and shit because that'd be who cares. If you but were the game really, design looks if fun. you were really crafty, you would find out which prop master made it, right? Which child. He he uh, 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 did horrible things to in Hollywood because they all do that apparently. 
and then you would blackmail them to make you a new one. I just buy one from Zing. 30 bucks just down the road from my house. Well, you can do that, but it's not genuine then. It's it's an official, <laughs> it's an official recreation. But it's like, it's, it's actually like, it's packaged like a board game. Like it's a game that has rules and cards no, and stuff. It's no, not a prop, it's just a board no, game. Which is why I haven't bought it because I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's going to look like shit. Rubbish, it's going to make you, you know, either do cheesy, you know, animal impersonations or... That's something. the thing. Trying to work how this no. game would translate into an actual game is weird. Right. If it's not actual magic, forget about it. What they should do is make a Jumanji board game, <laughs> but build it around like sort of a D&D system so it is like a partial role-play game as well. That oh. might be a way to go to get kind of as close to the movie experience as possible, but also theatre of the mind, if you will. Um, next week, Starship Troopers. Excellent. So if you thought we rambled on this one, oh, wait till we have like some political wait. fucking commentary oh to bite into. <laughs> Very oh excited. Um, and I don't know what's coming after that. I've got to double check the schedule. So no more, no more hints until it happens because I can't remember. <laughs> In the meantime, find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Second Take Podcast. And you can send us an email at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have Patreon, patreon.com slash Second Take, and you can follow me on Twitter at Bastion underscore James. Um, Do you post good stuff? I post a lot of stuff, and uh, Jordan uses Twitter if you want to tweet him, at Jordan MSPP. I can. I, it's an M for Malibu and an S for Stacy, which <laughs> is his band. One of the P's is for Jordan? Pop punk, apparently. Oh, right. Um, yeah, because I was like, why P? I get MS because that's his band's initials, but because they're pop punk genre. Okay. So Jordan, right. MSPP. Malibu, Stacy, pop punk. Yep. Because I was always like, is it? Because nice. whenever like he it. says it, I'm used to like reading people, like uh, my job, give me like codes and stuff over the phone. So we just go NATO style because M could be sure. is that November or. Oh no, I'm just based on M, M for mother. Mike, Mike, there we go. Microphone, the thing in front of our faces. Anyway, Starship Troopers. I haven't swapped the thing out by the way, so it is good by horses. But hey, animals, Jumanji. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.